last thing. Wait, I'm just gonna ask you how to adjust my mic. Oh, yeah. just adjust it. Well, wait, there's that other bracket. Yeah. Was it the one? It's here? that one right there. What? This one? Yeah. All right, you just go ahead without me. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> And this is Anti-Wave. <laughs> yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that go further than any Hollywood film would ever go. Go further. Yeah, they, they, go, go, they go far. It goes like it goes. Go the extra mile. Boundaries yeah. of what's questionable yeah, as far what, as. Um, yeah, that's that's good, Robert, because you're saying that because the movie we're discussing this week is. A podcast all about films that rape your eyeballs. Now you're talking. That's it. <laughs> Got my buddy back. The movie this week is Irreversible. Irreversible. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And our top five this week is... Revenge, Revenge movies. Revenge. I can't believe we haven't done that before. Me either. Isn't that weird? That's nuts. I, I checked five times at our log. I searched it. Even manually, I scrolled Remember out. when you didn't want to have a log? Remember that? Was that you... me? I thought that was you. <laughs> I think that was you who said, sure this why have you. a log? What purpose does it serve? We've made good use of that log. Yeah. Because we oh. try not to repeat our I top think it was five. A, I think it was still in season one. It was and in you were season kind one. Of I like, said, what's the purpose? Why do you do this extra work? Why are you asking me to keep a, a tally, if you will, of all of our top fives? And then we did ocean movies twice within, like within a two-month <laughs> Actually, it was in a month. It was in a month. Oh, did we do ocean movies before? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. So... Our top five last week was what? Ah, a lot of exchange movies, mm-hmm. and that was really a good. We have a lot of a lot of wonderful responses from our listeners. Yeah, let's hear. Let's them. share. You ready? Yeah. One of our faithful listeners who has been on our show a couple of times said, "Here's a variety of different sorts of exchanges." Number one, he said, "Bridge of Spies, exchange of a Russian agent for U.S. Um, um, American Gary Powers." And he said, "I know Robert doesn't care for Spielberg films, but I like the Cold War atmosphere in the movie with the excellent performances." And then you know. He, I, yeah. I want to comment because he, yes. he called me out on this. Yeah. Is it that I don't care for Spielberg? I mean, you can't deny that Spielberg is a good director. He's good. I think the problem is he's overblown a lot of times. That people just suck on the Spielberg dick. I mean, they love Spielberg. And just simmer your, your horses a little bit. He ain't bad, but he's put out a lot of crap, too. And there's that Spielberg signature, too, where the camera slowly pans in on the boy's face. Yeah. It's just always a little... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's over the top. Yeah. 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 Our listener also mentioned the movie Dave. I love that film. Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. You've seen that, right? Exchanges yeah. places with look like president. Um, uh, I always he, get that movie and The American President confused. And I can see why. Two... Um, Ameri- American president movies that came out around the same time yeah. have nothing to do with one another. They have another, nothing to do with each other. Other than it being about the president. Right, right. And um, and then he said, "Singing in the rain" at the beginning of the one. talking. The that's really good. Debbie Reynolds' voice is exchanged for the voice of silent actress played by Gene Hagen. Uh, interesting enough, this is a good thing he mentioned. Gene Hagen could sing better than Debbie Reynolds, and in some scenes of the movie, Gene's singing voice was used when Debbie was singing. Yeah. Little trivia there. I, I don't even know that's little trivia. That's kind of commonly known. It, but, yeah. yeah, that's I love that stuff. Now our esoteric listener, oh, boy, and again, that's like a, she was a little bit off her game this time. She said. With the name of the movie, I thought we were talking about the stock market. Uh, then, Wait, I'm sorry. Well, exchange. Let me, let me inject something. Please. Bruce and Joey just texted me <laughs> that we actually own a dual disc bundle with Dave and the American president on the same disc. Are you serious? <laughs> That's so funny. It's funny that it was marketed that way. And B, it's great that producer Joey... Is she listening to us? She actually listens She's to the down, show She listens sometimes. to the yeah. show. She's downstairs and she sent you a text. I love it. 
So our, our listener said about she thought exchange was about the stock market. Then when well, that's uh, a good one, I yeah. saw you were talking about exchange student. Now I see other um, uh, comments, and I think I don't understand the top five at all. <laughs> I love that she said that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Anyway, about exchange students, she said I was one, mm-hmm. and she was laid in America. Is never that mean? I never son of Rambo. That's a great movie. So that would be. How about born in? Hiona, H-E-I-N-O-N-O. I don't know if I don't remember that. And then she said, if we're talking about other exchanges, Inside Job, that's good. Too Big to Fail, a documentary. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. And of course, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Totally confused this week, she said. You know what just occurred to me? A good one that you would have liked was, I mean, the Inside Job. I'm surprised that wasn't in I your top too. five. I am because it too. was a good exchange. Oh yes, oh yes. Switching out, you don't know which one is being. It's like kind of a three card Monty. Yeah, only it was like a hundred card Monty, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There are some, and one of our other faithful listeners is about to mention something. He's scolding us. Uh oh. And I'll get to that. Are one we in sec. trouble? Yeah, we are in big trouble. We we we're sent to the corner here. One of our favorite listeners, he wrote, Exchange Student Films, Summer School, American Pie, and Sixteen Candles. Yeah. And then he said, Event Horizon. I forgot it, but it's an amazing horror film that is similar to The Thing, but it's more psychological. I think I've told you before, I saw this one time, Event Horizon, in 1997. I know it was that year because it was right when it came out. I saw it in the theater. Haven't seen it since. But I still remember a lot about there that you movie. Go. There you go. I mean, it really affected me. It was like, Eesh. oh, what a compliment to the filmmaker. Yeah. Huh? And then our same listener did say, he wrote here, great episode, gentlemen. Here are my top five exchange movie li- list. Number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the classic scene where Indy exchanges the bag of sand for the oh, idol. That's a good... It literally gets the ball rolling. Ah, I get that gets the ball rolling. I don't know if that's, that's an exchange movie, I know. but it's He's... an exchange scene, and it's a fantastic He's doing this scene. with a wink, I think, yeah, but it's think really so. clever. That's it's great. cool. Now, how about the movie Fallen? Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Where a demon swaps from the body Denzel to body, Washington, yeah. Forcing Denzel Washington to kill himself in isolation so he can transfer. Wow. All right. Uh, number... So it can't transfer. Oh, so you're right. It, so it can't transfer. It's wherever, you, whenever you die, if you're around somebody, it transfers. Got it. I never saw Fallen. Uh, not to be confused with Fallen. Oh, really? Yeah. You haven't seen Fall- it? No, I don't like movies. Yeah, <laughs> He went on to say Six Degrees of Separation. Yeah, Will, Will Smith, Smith pretends to be the friend of people's kids to con them. Mm-hmm. He said also Dave for his number two, swapping out the president for the double. And now he's saying, oh, how God. the fuck... Did you, uh, why the hell didn't you guys mention, and he's right, Changeling. Oh my gosh. You and I, independently. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Seriously, if we thought of that, not only would that be a scoop of mine, but that would be my top five. Wouldn't it be in your top five? Oh, it would. It would would definitely be my my top five. Probably my number one. I was going to say, Angelina Jolie has a son missing. Yeah. Uh, And months later, boys return to her, but it ain't hers. And you know what I keep forgetting? You know who directed that movie? I always. Eastwood. Yes. And he's coming out with a new one. Yeah, he's coming out with another major studio film. Are we gonna Are we gonna watch it? I hope so. But he's in his nineties, and he should be in Florida sipping mai no. tais no. along the beach. You know where he should be? Where making another movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. do it, dude. Fucking, Isn't that amazing? He clearly loves it. He so loves why it. Why not? Yeah, keep making them. I'm so, enjoying them. Yeah, we yeah, are. I liked the mule. I think I don't think you liked it as much as I did, but I, I liked thought it was it. good. Yeah, and then the other one about the the bomber, Richard uh, Jewell. Yeah, yeah. Remember, oh, that was that, great. that was like a year and a half ago. 
I think that was his last film. Yeah, I think so, so. it was a solid movie. Uh, one of our new listeners mentioned Blow. Ira, uh, Blow is on my week in review. That's funny. I did not read this until right that's now. That's so funny. And I she, watched she it mentioned, this week. That's great. So you'll talk about it. Is there an exchange in the movie? No exchange. Blow? Absolutely no exchanges. <laughs> and another one of our listeners wrote Pretty Woman. Uh, okay. Well, she's, yeah, kind of, sort of, I exchange. Mm-hmm. She wrote Mission Impossible movies. And if you think about it, every time he rips off the mask. And so yeah, it's definitely. an exchange there. Thomas Crown Affair. I don't know. I mean. Ransom. I, uh, Ransom, I thought about that, yeah, which is ex- would have been. Yeah, I think that, that was on my. I list? think that was your scoop list. Yeah, scoop. Uh, get me back, my son. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, one of our other listeners said Tootsie. Well, if you're and gonna you say know, Tootsie, you gotta say uh, well, Mrs. Uh, not Belvedere. What's it called? Oh yeah, uh, Doubtfire. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah. So there's. Um, there's we an thank exchange. our. We thank. Yeah, absolutely, we thank. We thank our listeners. Really so good. There we have it. Yeah. Man, that was um, that was a lot of really good ideas. A lot of good ideas. Yeah, don't you think? Good, De- good ideas. No, just yeah, yeah. I wonder where these ideas came from. Come from from. I'm not what, gonna, you're not even listening. No, to yes, me. I am. Where I'm just you? wondering where these ideas come from because they, they came up with a lot of really good ideas. I wonder what was their muse. Huh. It's funny you'd say that, Robert. Because you know what? It's time for in the news. A few things I want to know. I have actually multiple points I want to share. Some more real quick. We'll get to a couple of nitty-gritty ones. Um, I love the fact that a week and a half ago, you and producer Joey were watching Capricorn 1. I really like that. And the last scene, running in slow motion with Hal Holbrook, that the astronauts are not dead, they're alive, and coming to bust up the, their supposed funeral. And you turned to her, your wife and said, that's an IRA ending. Total irony. I, I, I love that you know me that well. Moving on. Hey, wait a minute, buddy. I yeah. have this in my notes. Is this supposed we'll to get, be in your we'll, notes? We'll get to that. I just want to make sure. If, oh, if, of course, I have all yours in order. No, I just didn't know if that was supposed to be in your stack of papers or in no, mine. No, I, I wanted to include you. Because it's a news story. I know. All right. I know, but we'll, right. we'll, get, we'll get to that. I know. Yeah. Um, by the way, Frank Langella versus Robert L- Lagosia. Yes. Which one was in big? This is your quiz. Robert Lagoja. Very good. You got that right. Let's yeah. move on, please. Once I get the names right in my head, yeah, yeah. then they're great. It's, it's also, we just did this last week. But you asked me three months from now, I might have trouble. Yeah, those those two names. Yeah, hard to separate them. I erred on something, and you even said, I'm not sure if that's the one. And I did some research, and I came up with our answer. Okay. Do you remember we were talking about period movies? This particular movie with like took place. Big, bloody period? No, not kind of. <laughs> what? It's a different kind of period. Period piece, a film that takes place in a specific era. Oh. Yeah, that kind of oh, period. Oh, 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 oh. Not the period at the end of the sentence. Oh, not the period I where a woman is, is flowing, where oh. she's having her menstrual period. Like that's the, a different you know, kind. Yeah, crimson not, wave. Yeah. No, that's a different. Okay. Yeah. And I mentioned the movie Eighth Grade. And you even said, I don't think that was quite it, buddy. But there was a movie where their T-shirts were over the top and everyone was wearing that cool T-shirt yeah. from the 90s. I did some thinking. And you know what it was, my friend? Mm. Here's your hint. Jonah Hill directed it. It was the skateboarding movie. Yes, very good. And I knew I knew which one you were thinking yes. of. I just couldn't think of that. Yes, name. so that bothered me. And you know so what me. was the name of the movie? It's called Mid Nineties. Mid Nineties. Mid Nineties. There you go. And uh, so I just wanted to correct that. That why would you think eighth grade? That has nothing to do with mid nineties. Well, they both have an eight and a nine. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Let's move on to Val. I'm not can't let go of this. Val Kilmer, his voice. Now listen. I, I listened to it. Did you, I was going to say, do you want to play it right now? 
I, do, get out your smartphone. Mm-hmm. Let's get crazy. Let's get spontaneous. Well, so I want to say that there's a company, uh, Sonantic, that took scenes from his different films and they AI'd it, artificial intelligence, how he would sound when he was in his prime. And right now, Robert is queuing it up and it's on YouTube. And what, you know what? It's. Can I, can yeah, I say something yeah, please, before please, I play please, it? Please. Um, what was really interesting was. I just typed into to Google Val Kilmer. Yes, and then and, and Val Kilmer new voice was see? the first thing that came Isn't up. That, now, what does that tell you? Now, Look, I know, right, I know. Listen to this. Play it for our people. Okay, let's see. Is it playing? Old recordings were used to recreate Val's voice. So let's. Uh, okay. All speech is computer generated. Is it? Is it really going to play it? It's playing. Do we have audio? Just take a yeah. We all have the capacity to be creative. We're all driven to share our deepest dreams and ideas with the world. When we think of the most talented creative people, they speak to us in a unique way. A phrase we often hear is having a creative voice. Okay. I'm what do you, what do you think? It, the what, what do the you voice th- sounds a little too young. Yes. It's a little too young yes. for how old he is. Agreed. But it was when he was in his prime mm-hmm. and when he's making those movies a few decades ago. I think it's pretty darn good. It better than how he was sounding the documentary. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Jury's still out on that one. I, I still think that they should have only taken lines from, from his was, What would be the line that you were quoting last week? It was You're funny. not Dr. Moreau. <laughs> I'm Dr. Moreau. That's all I can say. Yeah. That's all I can say. Hey, I want to say, share something else with you. We were talking about Robert Duvall, I think, last week or the week before and his acting art and how he interprets mm-hmm. acting. He was on Howard Stern. On Howard's, I want to tell you Recently? something. Yes. Well, you know what? I don't know if it was a recent interview because sometimes they repeat. Sometimes they do okay. repeat them on the Howard Stern's show. And again, Howard Stern... Wait, time out. Didn't Howard Stern take this summer off and everybody got all pissed off at Howard oh, Stern? Then you're right. Then this probably, probably was is, a rerun. Then this probably is a repeat. Yeah. Because it, do, do you remember hearing about this? I like, do. He signed this mega contract and then took the summer off and a total fuck you and like everyone was like i'm canceling my subscription like fuck off this is ridiculous it's jewish you know yeah go ahead so with the fairly recent robert duvall interview and again howard has a way he gets these a-list celebs and he does manage to to dig deep and get them to open up in his own unique way of getting people comfortable Mm -hmm. yes he talks about sex and of course he said to robert duvall is there anyone you wanted to bone while you were on the set? Who was it? Mm-hmm. And it's really funny hearing Robert Dole's kind of squirming said, I can't, I can't. Well, was there anyone? You know, just, well, okay, maybe there were one or two. It's great. But then they get into the acting craft. And again, buddy, it was more of the same. And I love this. And you do too, where Duvall said yet again, they hired me. They hired me because they knew I would do a damn good job. And that's why I'm on the set. I don't want to let them down. They trusted me. They're giving me lots of money. So I read the script, I understand the character, and I give them what they want. Make sure the director gets out of my way. That's great. Don't you fucking love that? I love it. So again, I, I heard him say that. I watched Sling Blade recently. Oh. And did I tell you this? I didn't put it in my weekend review? But I, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but Robert Duvall has a cameo in that. He does? He's, yes. I didn't know he's in it. He's Billy Bob Thornton's dad. And there's a scene where Billy Bob Thornton's character goes back to see his dad and it's Robert Duvall. He's sitting on a chair in this old, decrepit house that's falling apart. And he is talking to himself. He's just like, he's out of his mind, just losing it. 
and they have this kind of last confrontation and it's Duvall's on screen for it can't be more than five minutes and it's it's Oscar worthy yeah, it's yeah. incredible yeah yeah and just everything he does is just great and again like we've said numerous times he doesn't buy into the pseudo intellectual bullshit instead um, they hired me to do a job because because he's a real actor <laughs> yes <laughs> yes Yes, yeah. And I think he knows, too. Like, if you listen, the subtext of what he's saying is, you know, they're paying me a bunch of money, which he realizes this is not real work. Right. This is, this kind of perpetuates what I'm talking about. Like, it's not hard work. This is not difficult. You're very fortunate to be having this job. You better do what you're supposed to do, or you will be replaced. But that's not necessarily the case for other positions on the film set. You know, you, you might have a dick of a dp but you put up with it because his shots look so good right 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 but you have a a, i mean you're you're acting just better be phenomenal if you're gonna be a dick and i I don't i don't know that you need to get so into character if you're playing some background extra yeah yeah so i just love what he said they said they had trust they have faith they trust me i don't want to let them down so i'll give them the job that they want yeah Anyway, it was just cool hearing him say that again to Howard. Then, of course, Howard said, come on, who'd you really want to bone on the set? And it was just the juxtaposition of the two worlds. Perfect, Howard. It was just great. I know. Hey, let's talk about Mr. Richards, our Jeopardy host. Now, producer Joey. Michael Richards or Mike? Is it Mike Richards? Let's not get the two confused. I know. They're quite similar in many ways. And I guess this is... They both both screamed nigger in the middle of a big crowded uh, auditorium? Virtually. Because this is what producer Joey, Mm -hmm. she sent me this. And... He did some previous podcasts, as you know, and this is what he's. They took him down. Mm-hmm. They took, and this is what he said. Following the 2014 iCloud photo hack that exposed many celebrities' naked photos, Richard asked his podcast co-hosts, both younger women, whether they had ever taken nude photos. Okay, and then he said, like booby pictures. So what what are we looking at here? When one host mentioned working as a model at CES, that's the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, in another episode, Richards alternately called her a booth hoe, a booth slut, and booth-stitute. So wait, these are two separate in- – the first instance is I, like booby pictures. Right. What are we looking at? That's and, supposed to be offensive? Well, it's getting there. Ira, have you ever taken a nude photo? Yeah. What, like booby pictures? But That's there, offensive? But wait, there's more. But wait, hold on. I want to talk about... Someone Someone took the time to say, well, this is one offense. He asked, were there booby pictures? I see nothing wrong with booby pictures. However, when he did call the that shouldn't other even lady, be mentioned. A, a booth hoe, a booth okay. slut, and a booth-stitute. Okay. Now you're getting... Maybe we're starting to get somewhere, but right. clearly... Yeah, yeah this is booby for, pictures. This is for entertainment purposes. Right. right. You are being silly. You're being provocative because you know you have an audience. He did it on a podcast. Does that sound like the host of Jeopardy? Well, uh, maybe not. You know, I, I I can't imagine Alex Trebek having that. I don't think Alex would say that. Well, Alex wouldn't say anything right now. <laughs> Except for, <laughs> help, help, let me out of this box. Now, in a later episode, he said, uh, one-piece swimsuits made women look really frumpy and overweight. But, but that's but you true. Know what? It's true. It's true. And now we're going to get to the real zinger. Why is that even in here? I know. Like, but, this is okay. This is such woke bullshit. People are scrambling to find okay, something. Okay, but here's the zinger. May I? May All I? Right. In response to a remark about big noses <clears throat> in January 2014, he said, Exne on the Ozne. 
She's not an UJ. When a co-host discussed difficulties with her apartment, Richards responded, does Beth live in like, like Haiti? Doesn't sound like that. Like urine on the smell, the women and the moo-moos, the stray cats. So he was a slam against Jewish people and also okay, no, but wait a Haitians. These are, these Haitians. Are two, these, these are, are two, two separate, separate ones. So someone says something about noses and he says, Ixnay on the Oznay, she's not an UJ. And clearly we're upset that he's using Pig Latin. I get it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fireable don't, offense. Don't you think Jews could take offense to that a little bit? It's the Pig Latin. What? It's the pigs who would take but offense. But it's true! <laughs> Do you think that the, the real uh, the problem is that he he's supposedly co-hosting Jeopardy with someone who's known for having a big nose? That who? Blossom. The Oh, she's, she she's known. She's, really she's got well, a big nose. Of course she knows. She's Jewish. No, but that's <laughs> an ixnay on there the uj <laughs> anyway, not an uj these were the super controversial podcasts that have been since and been taken wait, hold and on. your response is they're wait. not all that horrible haiti is a hellhole well, it is look at picture yeah maybe he's not being sensitive well, okay yeah but this this is very tame i look i don't even like the guy uh, fuck him! I don't. I don't give a shit about this guy. He mentioned about the urine smell, but women and moo This is stray cats. This is a problem that people are scrambling to find something to cancel right. this guy. These are the reasons why he was kicked out of the hosting position, but still executive producer. He needs to be date raping people or something like that in order for him to be kicked off. This you know, show. I do want. I hear you, and I actually agree with you. But I want to remind you that Jeopardy is a highbrow show. It's not like Family Feud. Seriously, right. it's All more right. cerebral. There's little humor. It's really about cute questions and answers, and it's it's a rather serious, rot up the ass type show. I would agree. Yeah, it yeah. is. So they'd want the host to be so. Dignified. So you can't make any sort of off color jokes in a previous life. Like, it's not like he's getting on the airways in prime time saying these kinds of things. Right. He's right. not saying, look, I'm going to make my anti-Semitic remarks in the middle of, of Jeopardy or else I quit. That's not what's going on. This is a podcast that he recorded years earlier, and now he's being taken to task for it? Yeah. Yeah. This is like you're yeah. you're scrounging to find something he's not from 20 woke. fucking 14. He's not woke. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Ixnay on the Oznay. She's not an UJ. Hmm. Yeah. Of course she's not a blue J. <laughs> Why would she be a bird? What are you talking about? Hey, hey, hey. One last thing I want to share with you. You said you're <laughs> very interested. Hey, hey, hey. Um, quite an, I love those videos. They're so yeah, well so put together. Ones, there really are. And this one was about villains. Mm -hmm. And I watched it. Did you? And it spoke about, in particular, Spider-Man 3, mm -hmm. the Sam Raimi. And I guess that was a dud of a movie. Was that true? Right. One and two were really good from yeah. what I got in the video. Number three was a huge disappointment because there were three villains and they were not thematically connected. Got it me. was also just too much. You didn't need all yeah. that. Yeah. And after watching that video, I think I'm, I'm really interested in trying to figure out what it is about me that doesn't like... <laughs> what? You, you got on your juice box. It's not the only thing I'm the, sucking on. The mouth noises that come from you during this show. <laughs> oh, um, and just wait. We're only 13 minutes in. I know. The 
what is it about me that doesn't like superhero movies? Why do I dislike them so much? And I watch a lot of, I've seen most of them and they, they're very formulaic. Like there's just, it's, there's nothing interesting here. It's a, it's over CG'd in a very bad way. And I couldn't figure out, but there's something else. There's like an essence that just sucks. What is it? And I think it's this. It's that you're trying to cram too much into the story. So the first Batman, the Batman Begins, I actually like that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of was like, oh, that's pretty good. The Batman 1989 version, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. You've got one villain in mm-hmm. that. And the same for Batman Begins. Like Those are much better movies but when you start adding in all these peripheral characters, I actually think, as much as everybody loves The Dark Knight, I think that's one of the problems that starts to happen is you start adding in these other bad guys. You don't need all of that. And they're not connected in yeah. any way. If they're a part of a, again, thematically connected, if they're a part of a force, uh, if something were tying them together, it would make more sense. It would be more entertaining. But they're just like all over the place. Well, it, it, I, I mean, I think... What's starting to happen even with the, like the Marvel movies is not only do you have too many villains, you have too many heroes, and it's and they, there's no stakes. When you have an Incredible Hulk who literally cannot die, right? That's the character's trait is he's suicidal. He's tried to kill himself num- numerous times. He literally cannot die. All right. So what do you do with that character? Yeah. 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 You, you have you have a god from another planet. Yeah. Thor. We what? need an Achilles heel. Yeah. And even Superman, right? It's the same kind of thing. Sure. Now, at least he has an Achilles heel, yeah. and we are able to exploit it. But it, it starts to just be like, well, this doesn't make any sense. It's kryptonite, and it's like, okay, then just get rid of all the fucking kryptonite. right? If you could just, <laughs> Superman, go around the world, collect all the kryptonite, get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And then now you can go yeah. on about your way and have no Achilles yeah. heel. Yeah. But what what bothers me is that we the comic book movies aren't taking advantage of making their characters more human. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, you're you, they all just magically know this like incredible uh, martial arts training. I mean, again, Batman Begins that was him going to get trained. That was a significant part of the movie Absolutely. was him learning how to do that kind of fighting. And you need that. Uh, Kill Bill, the same way, right? Which kind of turns yes. into a comic book movie, but she at least goes to get trained. Yes. Now, I yes. mean, I think she was already kind of a spy, but she needed extra training in order to do this mission or whatever. Right. We need some of that. Like, give me an excuse as to why this person is such a, right. you know, right. a, a Jackie Chan in, in real life. Yeah. What was it in the second Superman movie? We talked about this, where he spins around the world real fast. And no, makes it's the, the end of the first one. Oh, it's the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. It is the first one where they did that. And the Earth stopped rotating, went backwards, so he could then save Lois Lane. Yeah. And that's when I checked out. Yeah. If he had the ability to do that, well, then problem solved for Don't all eternity. Don't spin it backwards to like, you know, get rid of Hitler or anything like <laughs> yes, that. But that Lois stop? Lane is in yeah. danger, so. I still remember seeing with you uh, the Spider-Man, was it the Homecoming? Was that the? Yeah, Where the two boats, remember those huge ships and he, with ropes, he pulls them so they come. And I I told you, I said, I'm checking out right now this no. movie. I'm checking out. It's it's too much. The only thing that was really good about that movie was Michael Keaton's motivation. Like his character. Yes. It, that's it was right. Like, he was the villain. He actually had a real reason we to be a villain. Why he was the way he was, and it was, was. his his job was yeah. being threatened, and it 
it actually was motivated well. Right, right. But again, in that video you sent me in Spider-Man 3, we had Sandman, right, with all the sand coming. And then there were the other two villains as well. And it was just like too much. Yeah. Too much. They weren't tied together. No. Yes, not uh, uniformly. So I'd be interested. To, interesting. I, I don't know. I'd be interested what? to see a much more uh, a, a realistic superhero movie. I guess there are some like um, there was that movie Super and uh, Kick Ass, which are kind of like real people who become uh, superheroes. I guess that's good. There's something there. There's there's material there to play with, but people just. The studios are just fucking around, just carbon copying, right, and, and just I, run, ruining the whole, uh, the whole genre. I think. But again, off on a tangent, I always liked Batman more than Superman because he didn't have superpowers. Yeah. Instead, he had his intelligence and his utility belt, and he was able to fight back. Now he was fucked up because his mom and dad were murdered going out of the opera house. So ever since that happened, when he saw that as a child, he had to get even with all the criminals in Gotham. You, you know However, what it is. I'm sorry. Go yes, ahead. no, finish, yes, finish but up. I but I found that there was a sincere motivation, even though it was over the top and he needed therapy. But still, at least I enjoyed seeing that because there was more intelligence I felt with Batman than there was with Superman. I think even with the first Superman movie, there was at least he was trying to so, like fight crime, realistic crime. It wasn't every not every criminal is trying to take over the world, right? Not every criminal is right. Some criminals are just trying to steal a purse. And you could really kind of... Let's reduce it down to like a realistic level of crime. Yeah, yeah. Not everything has to be James Bond fighting Spectre. Right? Uh, I don't know. It's just... it's uh, What happens is they keep trying to raise the stakes, raise the stakes, raise the stakes, and now you can't go back. Right, it's right. Like, well, we've already saved the world, so how do we go back to, you know, stopping a mugger? And you could do it. There's ways to, to get creative with that. Right. So thank you for sending me that video with the problem with the superhero movies being the villains. Good. And that's what I have for In the News. What'd you see this week? Some are old, some are new. We now present The Week in Review. Yeah. However. AVGearGuide.com. Good. You didn't need me to steer you. In the past, you need me to like. Oh, do I? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. But you did it on your own this time. Oh, what? why? Of AVGearGuide.com. Do What's tell. That? Do tell. Oh. Now, he's our guy who. Does a lot of Does what? A duplicating transfer of oh. all our media so oh, make like, grandma happy. Oh, this would be like all of your old, uh, you know, slides and, and and negatives and home movies and things like that. You could take those and send them to avgearguy.com. He'll transfer them and make them into digital media so you can put it up on YouTube and And you know Facebook. it's got state-of-the-art equipment. I do. He does. Yeah, I did yeah, know that. Very extremely, extremely reasonably priced. Did you know yeah, you can get a discount? What, you can? Yeah. How? Can if you? you let them know. Anti-waves. And you get yeah. like what? Like a 5% discount? Yeah. Whoa, that's real good. Yeah, yeah that's good to know. Great guy. We both worked with him. AVGearGuy.com. What'd you see this week? Am I going first? I'll go first. Okay, you do it. I'm going to go rather quickly here. Uh, not super fast, but I, I want to go somewhat quickly uh, because I want to um, I want to talk about the main movie. Yeah, so as I did mention, I watched Sling Blade this week. Uh, that was... It's good, man. That that movie holds up so well. What a great, great movie. I hear Robert Duvall has a small part in that film. It, very small, yes. Uh, what else did I see? I saw um, The Kid. Oh, yeah. wait. Not Kid Detective. No. No. Wait, this was... What's his name? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know who. Who? Um, He's lost his hair. No, am I wrong? I don't like, know. No, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. The Kid? The Kid. 
uh, what is this movie, The Kid? Are you, are you thinking of Bruce Willis? Yeah. Because he did do a movie called The Kid. Thank you. It's called Disney's The Kid. Oh, see? Yeah. But I was, you like my mind. Don't, you enjoy my mind. But I'm kind of disappointed in you. I'm disappointed that you went to that The Kid instead of... Wait a kid. minute. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. See? There we go. I'm on board. Yeah. How was that? It's good, man. It holds up. Does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a silent film. It, it's a comedy. But it's got some real heart to it, and there's some really good, I mean, kind of tear wow. jerking scenes. No, this is nice. Walt Disney's The Kid, right? Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad movie either. There's yeah, actually yeah. some decent stuff in that too. Uh, watched uh, Speed and Speed Two Cruise Control. Man, what? That's going to be a pretty big difference in in quality of movies. I mean, Speed is a pretty good popcorn flick. Yes, I mean, it's. I agree. The it, first one. It you definitely have to suspend your disbelief. Right, it's definitely like why? Why do you say that? <laughs> bus cat has to go the, over fifty the miles bus an hour. Jumps the the interstate instead of like falling straight down. But uh, all right, if you just kind of roll your eyes and go along with it, it's fun. Speed two is a fucking mess. Yes, it makes it really yes. hard to go along with it, and yeah. they're just trying to take it way too serious. Absolutely, I liked Speed two also the first one too because it did have the three acts: the beginning with the elevator sequence, mm-hmm. right, and then we had of course the whole middle part with the bus, and then at the end we were on the subway where we saw the bad guy get decapitated. Mm-hmm. So it did have the three acts to it. And I, you know, I never understood that one line, though. He says, like, uh, yeah, but I'm taller. What does that have to do? Like, Hey, he, hey buddy, it was Keanu Reeves, you know? I know. But, it was Keanu Reeves, but he, come on. he holds up Dennis Hopper, so Dennis Hopper's head gets knocked off. Right? Uh, wait, what does scene? he say? But I'm taller? He says, like, I'm smarter than you. That's what Dennis Hopper says. And then he like pushes him up, and then his head gets knocked off, and he goes, "Yeah, but I'm taller." What does being taller have to do with that? I think because he's laying down. But Dennis Hopper is decapitated, right? So he's shorter. So he's saying I'm taller than you now because he's not. A, yeah, because you you don't have a head, so I'm taller than you. I'm really trying to make that I line don't know. work. That's. I'm not sure that, that made much sense. Not to mention the fact that he's holding the switch to a bomb that's hooked up to, what's her nose, and would you ever? I mean, you're. She dies. The whole train blows up. You don't just shove him up into the the top of the tunnel to get his head knocked off. Not a good move. I think there might have been better oh, ways. Right. There was like that sign hanging down yeah. right from the ceiling of that's the, what, the tunnel. That's, that's what, what Richard said. Yeah, yeah. I'm taller than you. I'm yeah. FBI. <laughs> yeah, I'm taller. Uh, and the last movie that I saw was The Kingdom. Did you ever see this Jamie Foxx movie and no. uh, Chris Cooper? It's pretty good. It's about a. A uh, suicide bomber that kills a bunch of people in uh, Saudi Arabia, and then a team goes over to Saudi Arabia to try to investigate. But there's a lot of political kind of uh, prevention from being from allowing them to fully investigate. And um, it's really Jason, uh, Jason Bateman's in it. He's really good. And then uh, oh, what's her nose from Alias? Jaga. What's her name? Garner. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer Garner. Trying to say Julia. Jennifer Garner is in it. But definitely a problem with like everyone's way too good looking in this movie. I mean, everybody except for Chris Cooper doesn't look like they belong there. Mm. Maybe Jason Bateman looks okay. I mean, he's a handsome man, but kind of believable. But Jamie Foxx is too too pretty for the role. Jennifer Garner is way too attractive for this, mm-hmm. you know, hot hot girl that goes over to Saudi Arabia to solve crimes. And it's kind of like, what, what are we doing? But it's a good movie. Really great. Uh, I think you had one more movie, didn't you? I'm reminding you of what you saw this week. 
Am I incorrect? What, maybe. I thought, uh, I thought Blow. I thought you were going to mention Oh, it. I did mention Blow. I, I watched well, Blow. Well, you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Blow. And, uh, and there was an exchange. I don't know. I, yeah. I tried to give it another pass. I, th- I think I've ended up feeling the same way I felt the last time. Which was? It was good, but not, I mean, not incredible. I just didn't really remember very much of it, and I still don't remember very much of it. It wasn't totally memorable. I mean, it, we've basically seen that same movie before and since. You know, it's we we saw it with the with Tom Cruise, same idea, same concept, smuggle drugs into America. Oh, is that sell. what happens? Yeah, I never saw it. No, I like oh, movies. you didn't see it. I don't like movies. No, no, cool title though. Yeah. Anyway, all right, it. that's what you saw. Real fast. Yeah. Her name was Krista. Mm-hmm. Now, this yeah, is but a, what movies did you see? <laughs> this movie is about a frumpy middle-aged slash elderly man who wears a one-piece bathing suit oh you're taking from before richard said i yeah, yeah. no and he's kind of a loner and a loser and he hooks up with a prostitute who has a heart of gold oh and so it's, an, but it's then, a biography but then, about but you. then <laughs> i can relate to this but she ods heroin she's dead and he loses his mind and he thinks she's still alive. And we see her body decaying. And he continues to talk to her and fuck her. <laughs> it's a horror movie in the last third. The third act is really fucked up. What's interesting with this is that the the guy, the, the actor, is also the screenwriter and the director. And people said online, you got to stop directing your own first time out feature films. It just doesn't work. It's all overblown. It's very talky about loneliness and all that stuff. But I found it oddly compelling. Really? I could somehow relate to it. And I don't What would, was the director's be, name? Ira? <laughs> I'd be with a prostitute. She's adorable in a little miniskirt and heels. And even if she ODs on heroin, mm-hmm. I'd still talk to her. I'd still fuck her. Yeah, this would be like your version of uh, Swiss Army Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but without the farting. Swiss, Swiss Army prostitute? But, but, yeah. I saw a movie She'd called... She'd be queefing. Yeah. <laughs> Trucker. The first queef will make you laugh. The last queef will make you cry. That's good. <laughs> Swiss Army whore. <laughs> You're on a roll right now. I saw a movie called Trucker, all about this woman. Wait a minute. Am I never going to be able to, to host what? Jeopardy in the future? Because, because of my saying? Swiss Army whore comment? I, I think these podcasts will haunt us for the rest <laughs> of our life. I do. I don't think I can become senator because I was going to run as for senator of, of California. But I think that they're going to find these podcasts yeah. and use it against me because I'm not the woke. The good news is no one listens to this show. <laughs> hey, we have our three Ethiopians, but they can't vote. They can't vote in Ethiopia. What, what do you got? Sorry. All right, Trucker. Uh, you know, do you know Michelle Moynihan? You know who she is? She's, uh, I know the name. I can't she's been around this. and did stuff. So this was a 2008 film, and um, she's a trucker with her CB radio, and she goes around fucking everybody. Is this a 70s movie? Uh no, 2008. Really? Yeah, yeah. I feel like trucking, so, trucking was it really feel big that, in the I know, 70s. I know with the CB thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I saw that movie and it did what it was supposed to do. Finally, I did see The Matrix. I had it on the background while I was doing other things. And we were talking about Keanu Reeves before. And he was certainly better in The Matrix than he was in Point Break. Okay. We never talked about The Matrix. Are you in, I've seen your, your smile. You didn't, care for it it's okay and that's what i thought because when i first saw it i thought the movie was unlike anything i've ever seen before not that you've ever mm-hmm. heard me utter that phrase before and i thought does this movie is this slowly sliding into the rocco meter 
The Rock? I think it is. Yes, yeah. I do too. Because at that time when it came out, it was novel. It was a novel, ambitious, never been done before. We did have the visuals, you know, falling back, slow motion, all that stuff. But I just found, yeah, okay. It's almost falling in the category of The Rock. Yeah, don't watch Isn't it Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Anyway. The first one's, it's pretty good. I right. mean, it's not bad, but... I mean, it, there's really not a whole lot to it. Uh, it. It's, you know, I think you say it's like nothing I've ever seen before, but actually I could probably name six or seven other films that do the same thing. Do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. About what's real, what's artificial. Well, yeah. Know, I mean, there's a lot of that. Inside the bubble. Stuff, and all that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, you know, piano. Okay. So I saw that. It's time for me to take over the show. Uh-oh. I'm going to commandeer and begin with this. That might be the best uh, horn blowing you've ever done. Except for that one Saturday night in 1978. You remember that night, don't you? <laughs> oh, what a night. Yes. Happy birthday, my friend. Thanks, buddy. It's your birthday. It's your happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Okay, now I bear gifts. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. First thing I have for you is a card. A card? A card. I usually don't get cards. Oh. It says... This says, oh, crap, was that today? Don't miss out on all the birthday fun. See, it's the unicorns getting on the ark because now, they're not. What, but what did I do? What, what's interesting here is this yes. card looks really familiar because I got you this card. <laughs> the same card three weeks ago. Yeah, and what's happened here <laughs> yes. is that Ira has scratched out my name, my message. And your wife and, and your child. She also. Yeah, you even scratched out my daughter's I signature. know, and I felt guilty about that, and I replaced it with. Um, love you, buddy, Ira. Well, thanks, Ira. Um, <laughs> you, you piece of shit. That's, uh, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Happy birthday. That's like the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> no, I'm giving you, no, no it's not. not. No, it's not even I'm close. I'm giving you back the card, but That's I great. altered it. I'm I sure modified. you'll see this next year. <laughs> you know what? You know me too well. Me and my patterns. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Got a little something for you. Okay. Here's a gift. Oh, what could this be? Yeah. I don't know. I'd like you to open it up and you'll share it with our listeners. Mmm. Wrapping paper. Yeah. Alright. The size oh, it looks like a Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray, and the movie is Young Guns. Did you do good? That's a good one. Yeah. Got some help from producer Joey. She, of course, recommended. Uh, what I Why should do get I not own movies. Young Guns? You really don't, no. do you? Yeah. That's yeah. a great movie. Happy birthday to you. Thanks, man. I appreciate good. that. Good, good, good. Hey, Robert. Yeah. Got another one for you. <laughs> oh, well, then I think no. I might have what, an idea what do you what think that is. could possibly... Notice I wrapped it myself with three different wrapping, wrapping papers. papers. Yes, was, I got... I got. Yeah. Was, one of them was Christmas. I know. Wrapped, and yeah. Even I, the label has I noticed that, yeah, you're getting rid yeah. of your Christmas yeah. labels. Yeah, yeah. Do you Not have just... for Jew. <laughs> Having Christmas labels with trees and stuff. And opening up, oh, number three look, is... Young Guns 2. Yeah, you got the sequel. Wow. Again, thanks to the producer Medium-level violence. I saw that. Isn't mm -hmm. that interesting? They put that sticker on there. So, happy birthday to you. The West yep. just got wilder. Ooh. That, the have wild you seen wild. these movies? I haven't. No, I don't like movies. No. I, I guess you like them, huh? Yeah, they're pretty I good. I guess so. Hey, buddy. Yeah? Yeah? Happy... I got you. No, a they didn't make Young Guns. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You don't think so? Uh -oh. It's actually the prequel. <laughs> I wanted really to get young guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to get you a third. Thanks, man. Blu-ray. And too this generous. one is Chappaquiddick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We like that movie. We I both did. like that movie a lot. 
So um, there you go. Three. That was Jeff a good Freddy. movie. It was solid. I talk about memorable. Memorable. Yes. I still remember everything from. You this could movie. talk us through it. I could. See, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain shots and like. I mean, we we saw the movie. It's got to be three or four it years was ago. Two and a half, three years, three years ago when we saw it. Yeah. So there you go. Happy Thank birth, you so happy much, birthday Ira. to you, That's my friend. That's really sweet. I'm sorry, what? Huh? What are you mumbling I about? I said, thank you so much. What? what? Yeah, it was right? really yeah. nice of you to give yeah. me that. I wrapped them myself. Yeah, especially with the card that I... Yeah. The card. Yeah, maybe I'll get that one back next August. Okay. Hey, man, you want to talk about... Uh, what's it called? Uh, irreversible? We should say that it's Robert's birthday, and mm-hmm. as all of our listeners know, the ritual, the tradition, if you will, is that the birthday boy gets to pick the movie that he wants to see. Mm-hmm. And you picked this film, didn't you? I sure did. What the fuck is wrong with you? A lot. <laughs> Robert, talk us through it. Irreversible centers on two guys, Marcus and, uh, and, and Pierre, who are avenging the rape of their friend Alex. So they, I guess they're lover. I guess they both were lovers with him, right? Yeah, with yeah her, they were. With they her, both her. were. So they... Um, yeah, that's basically it, right? They're t- <laughs> Alex gets raped, and they're trying to find the guy that raped Alex. It should be noted that this film is, first of all, it's told backwards in much the similar style of Memento. Um, it also is part of the new French extremism movement, so it's very avant-garde. It's would you would you agree that this is a hard movie to watch? Absolutely. I it think in multiple waves. Yeah, it sticks with you. Multiple ways it's hard to watch, both visually, content, acting. And there's a lot of stuff. This movie you can't unwatch. Right, right. Okay, so seriously, you, you chose this movie. And what I want to ask you is, why this movie? I think this is a movie that needs to be discussed. Yeah. You know, we when we watched it, the first thing that we did is we kind of we talked about it, and we even pulled up we watched it together and we pulled up some of the trivia about it. And one of the things that we noted was that when this movie premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, first of all, um, there were two thousand four hundred people in attendance, and two hundred of them walked out. You think about that, like that's it's not one or two people walking out, like hundreds of people getting up and walking out. And I understand why, like I totally get it. And this movie was bragging about that. And then when it was over, they, everyone just in the audience sat there in silence until the next movie started. No one did anything. No one said anything. They just sat there. And I believe that to be true. I don't think that's manufactured because I think this is a movie that when you are done watching it, you probably don't know how to react um, and I think when you kind of come out of it, you have to talk about it. Yeah. You have to turn to the person that was with you and say, what the fuck? What, what was that? I mean, we just, I think you're in shock when the movie's over of what do we just witness and you're processing it yourself. And I think we as, as humans have to communicate and relate to each other and that's how we do it. We, we have to talk about our experiences. I've, I've known other people that have seen this movie. Um, there's some movies that are very bizarre that I've seen that no one else has seen. And I'm usually pretty eager to get other people to watch it because I want to communicate about them. I want to talk about them. I want to experience them with other people. And I've talked about this movie a few times mm-hmm. before to you. And, I, you know, as 
someone I think you and I have shared so many movies together at this point and um, definitely talked about movies more than anybody else in my life I've talked more about movies with you than anyone else this is I think an important film to discuss so I wanted to bring it up it's kind of been on my mind to talk about there are other movies that I probably like more but none that I can think of that deserve to be discussed more than this right uh, because it just deals with so many, so many different themes and emotions and um, moments within life. So I don't know. What did you think about it? I, I wanted to say something. Every time we watch a movie together, and again, more than half the times that we when critique movies, we watch them together. About half the time, and producer Joey always has a plate of food mm-hmm. for us, and we nibble during the movie. There was no nibbling. I think that I, I, you, you, I think you I did grabbed, nibble after the rape, after <laughs> after rape the twenty six minute rape scene. I think I reached over and I took a couple of olives, but <laughs> <laughs> just to break the tension. Just a, but and you even laughed about that. Yeah. You said, "Oh, hungry," but still, my my point is a valid one. That man, we were both, all three of us watching together, were riveted, and it was um, it was disturbing as fuck, and it's a movie that you can't unsee, and I'm glad I saw it. I found it, I found it quite moving, and I liked a lot of the themes. We we spoke briefly, the three of us afterwards, before we started recording the podcast. But there are definite themes that I got from this film, and the fact that it was told in reverse mm-hmm. was a fascinating. I'm going to use the word gimmick, even though I don't like that word. I, maybe I should say technique, mm-hmm. technique instead of gimmick. That we know what's going to happen to the characters. Well, let me. We're, I know we're splitting hairs. Ahead, we're not even really talking ahead. about the movie, but let's talk about the difference between a gimmick and a technique. Yeah, yeah. Because I would say a gimmick is something that you could remove from the film, and still... the film would still work. Right. A technique is something you remove from the film, and it falls apart. Right. Right. You lose something. Yeah. So I would say here, I think it's technique because if you told this story differently, if you told it uh, forward, I think it would still have teeth, but not the same way. And I think that's. I'm sorry to cut you off because you were in the middle of your thought and I want to get back to it, but let me just finish what I'm saying really quickly. This movie has a rape scene. You know very early on in the movie that there is a rape scene. Right. Uh, they, so it's no secret uh, because it's them trying to avenge this rape and they mention it several times. And I'm sure that if someone else went to see the movie, the first thing they would talk about is the rape scene. Right. So if someone recommends this movie, they're going to say, yeah, there's this scene where this woman gets raped and it's really hard to watch. Okay, so knowing that, everybody knows there's a rape scene coming up. And then when we finally get to it, it's actually the first time we see the female character, Alex, in the movie. The first time we see her Um, is she's walking. It's from the back, right? We just see an behind her we don't even know that it's her but we know it's her uh we just see her back walking uh, away from the camera and she walks down to this um underpass didn't, didn't we see her in the previous scene though where her face was all bloody um, uh, yes, yes very briefly okay but yeah. i'm i'm being a dick right now yeah your point is well made yeah that's really the first time that we see her but yeah. yes okay go ahead so b- very briefly yeah right yeah. so momentarily yeah but the first real time we get a right. glimpse of her right. is here in this scene and she, you know it's coming. And I think it would ruin it if that was at the end of the movie. 
So it's a technique because now that we we've seen the rape, the rest what happens for the rest of the movie, and that's really where the gems of the movie are is we start to uncover what what is it that we just saw this horrific act of violence and now we're getting all this foreshadowing but the foreshadowing is happening after the event right and it means something more to us yes now. we're able yes. to see oh my gosh there were all these signs that were pointing towards this event that we would have otherwise missed this if you knew at the beginning of the sixth sense that Bruce Willis was dead. And then you watch the movie, you would pick up on all these like, Oh yeah, right. there you go. There you go. Right now that movie, it would really ruin it. And I think we've talked before. We talked about that, but you should also really have... watch sixth sense twice, right? You should watch I was gonna it. Say, Cause you'd actually have more respect for the movie yeah. and how fucking clever it is yeah. knowing what you know, but okay. But, but I don't think that works right. in this movie. Agreed. I think this Agreed. movie is really based on no, no, let's, let's really examine the, the foreshadowing that happens in our day-to-day lives, what we talk about, and uh, and, and it, it also kind of gives you a clue as to why you're watching the scene you're watching. So, for example, when they're talking about having sex and having orgasms and, and being a giving sexual partner or a selfish sexual partner, and we know this person is going to get raped later on, and she's talking about, I can only orgasm when the other person is being selfish, and then we start to question, well, wait a minute. Was she having an orgasm during that rape scene? And, and you she pointed actually out was. that she was. And actually, actually, she's being fucked in the ass. Yeah. And she came. And you pointed that out about her fingers clutching the uh, the floor. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, didn't, so, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, but, but all of that to say, I don't think it's a gimmick. I do think it's a technique. And I think it's a technique that really makes the film absolutely because like i told you earlier there's another version where it is chronological order yeah. isn't that weird i would have no desire to i, I might want to see it out of curiosity yeah but it would lose something absolutely yeah yeah i mean for me all these themes about and and they hit you with that one quote multiple times time destroys all things mm-hmm. that's true. the first line in the movie and, and it's the last thing right. written on the screen yes, at the end of the yes. movie and that's that's certainly true. Um, there's something that I found that's so compelling, again, like I was saying, that knowing what we, the audience, knows will happen, seeing it backwards, and that adds another layer, a, a whole other dimension to this movie. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, even the title, um, Irreversible, that you can't reverse what will happen. Yeah. So it's on that. You can't level. take it back. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. I, I, I'm so tempted to make this argument to you that the film is not necessarily gratuitous. And that's a crazy, fuck me for saying that. How dare I say that? But it's an argument that I can get behind and I can appreciate that um, it, it's, 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 it's hard to watch but I think we need that element in order for the movie to be as compelling as well. I think it's it also was. very realistic. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's hyper realism to the point where I mean, we're watching this rape scene go on for ten minutes. Longer, it's longer, isn't and it? yeah. I think it's actually I think it's right around. It sure feels longer. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that whole sequence, um, you know, 
it makes us what am I trying to say? It's so hyper realistic because most movies don't show that, right? Most movies don't show a 10 minute rape scene. You see some guy who comes in and with a knife and then they cut away or if it happens it happens in, you know, 30 seconds or something and that's it. This movie has the audacity to show you the whole thing. Is that gratuitous? I wouldn't say it's gratuitous, but I think it's trying to go for this realism right. because it sets off all of these other events. It makes the other characters spin out of control. Literally, the camera starts spinning out of control yeah. as a result. So, I mean, it, I think yeah, it, it's it's horrific to watch. Um I definitely want to talk about the acting overall, but that scene in particular. But I'm cutting you off. I want to. I want to. Show no, between that and the other scene that was so very long too, at the beginning of the movie, which is really at the end of the story about the actual revenge, and that was. I'm going to say that was actually more disturbing for me to see than the rape. Is yeah. that possible? Yeah, I, think I think so. so. With the, I'm calling it the um, the fire hydrant mm-hmm. scene. And, and bashing fire in the Fire extinguisher, not the hydrant. Fire, pick up a fire hydrant <laughs> yeah, with the dog's urine all over it and stuff. Yeah, fire extinguisher. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, man, and we saw the face being just bashed in, bashed in, bashed in. And you explained also about how that was done with, um, at that time, limited CGI. But it was, um, it, was, it was down and dirty and so effective. It was relentless. So the movie was relentless. It is. Um, it's visually it's it's extremely hard to watch. It's the the camera is spinning for a good portion of the movie, right? Like, and and I think it's reflective of where the characters are. If you'll notice, the spinning really is out of control at the beginning of the movie, and it's when the characters are at the peak of just losing their shit and just being all disoriented and not knowing what's going on, and then they kill. The rapist, or or do they? The person they believe to be the rapist okay. turns out it's not actually even the rapist. So, uh, if you are watching this movie twice, you'll discover that it's not even the right person that they kill. But they 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 find this guy at a gay club, and um, there's a very brutal murder, arguably one of the hardest deaths I've seen in a movie. Uh, the character is just. Uh, his face is bashed in by a, a fire extinguisher or a fire hydrant, if you would. Uh, but, I mean, you see his skull getting caved in. Yeah, yeah. There was, I, I turned to you and I said that one of the themes of the movie for me was helplessness. Yeah. About things just spiraling the way they do. Yeah. And we're not always in control. Can you appreciate what yeah, I, sure. I want to be more articulate than that? But just it, shit happens. Yeah, shit happens, and there's a, a sense of helplessness that there's really not much you can do. And the guy just going after for, for revenge. It, it's and sing it backwards, and that makes the whole last fifteen minutes even more poignant and powerful. Seeing them in bed together mm-hmm. and being. Um, lovers and and playful knowing what's gonna happen to them and i mean the the symmetry of her boyfriend asking her to have anal sex and kissing her lovingly and holding her down and tickling her and kissing her which is 
eerily similar. Like he is, it's kind of a rape, but it's a playful, playful rape. But it was playful, but it's interesting that they did. There's a parallel is yes. what you're saying. Yeah. There's a parallel. He's holding but her the against her will. was loving. Right. right. They were spitting. Didn't they even spit at each other? She or spit at him. Yeah, he spits yeah, at her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's playful. But they're into each other. Right. And the juxtaposition of that and the uh, the rape scene is um, and disturbing. It's you know there's a so there's a character that comes in to play. So this this is her boyfriend. Um, and it should be noted that they are real life uh, husband and wife, or or I don't know if they were married, but they were definitely an, an item. I'm not sure if they're still together or not, but they were at that time. But they're in the movie. They are an item, but her ex-boyfriend comes into the picture and yes. and is kind of visiting with them and very French. I don't know, fucking French. Um, <laughs> it's like Jules and Jim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so they're kind of hanging out, having these conversations. But while we never see the relationship between the ex-boyfriend and Alex's character, we can allude to the fact that their sexual relationship was probably even more tame than what we're seeing from Marcus's right. sexual relationship right. with her. Right. Uh, because Marcus is probably a little bit more aggressive, and th- at least that's what they're saying. And, you know, uh, Pierre's sexual relationship with her was a lot more giving, and he never stopped talking. Wanting to please right, the person. Wanting to please, wanting to please exactly. the person. Instead of- so we're seeing I- d- different shades of, yeah. of sexuality here. Yes. And I love that one line there where th- she was saying... A woman likes seeing the man get excited and get off. That that's pleasurable for a female mm. also. But the former boyfriend isn't built that way. Yeah, He was bent on wanting to please and do the right thing. Where it kind of detracts, it takes away from the lovemaking. Knowing all that, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. It's not really foreshadowing, it's backshadowing <laughs> with the rape. It's, it's, it's a profound movie. And it was, um, I'm really glad I saw it. I think it's also, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say, but it's going to stay with me. Uh, that I was going to mention that. Do you think this is going to be a movie you're going to forget? Right. And I'm putting this almost in the same category as Come and See, mm-hmm. which we saw a couple of years ago about. Uh, it was actually one year not, ago. It was okay. for my birthday last you're year. You're right. Yeah. What's up with you, Robert? <laughs> I, these are it's movies what that I, I want to share. That's right. That was your birthday movie week. Yeah, no, which I, was even more disturbing. Come, did you find come it more and, disturbing? Come in, well, the whole thing with the occupation, the Nazis, and burning down the house and all that. I mean, that was. And I turned to you and I said, "I don't think I'm the same person anymore." Yeah. That movie changed me. Yeah, I'm not sure if this movie changed me quite the same. So maybe I found Come and See a bit more disturbing. But man. I, I can't unsee either film. Yeah. I have a, a, a I, I've mentioned this to you before. I've ex- I'm drawn very heavily to films that push the boundaries. Like what, what is something that you can depict on screen that is unlike anything else yeah. that is truly going to, I mean, disturb your audience and and the total opposite of the superhero movies, right? This is the not candy corn, you know, <laughs> corn popping movie or whatever. So Scorsese says it's not even cinema. Yeah. Super- <laughs> I mean, think of what you can do. And 
you know, you said I'm a changed person for having watched this movie. Come, and come it's and a fiction. See. Yeah, for come and see. Yeah. That's a fictional depiction. Now, it's rooted in a lot of right. truth. Right. But it's it's a fictional story. And so is this. Yeah. Irreversible. Probably based on a lot of truth as well, or at least a an idea of truth. But it's, I don't know. I think that's that there's a lot to use in the medium that we're not using. Yeah. Yeah. You were mentioning the spiraling camera, but also with the long shots. Remember, we did a top five a couple of years ago about long takes in a yeah. film. This is loaded yeah. with incredible long takes. It's all shot on film. It's a 16 millimeter film. I was going to ask you if you knew that. Yeah. It was shot on film. It was pre digital, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was done on 16 and 16 millimeter. S- uh, 16 or super 16. I can't remember mm-hmm. which, but it's yeah. 16. Yeah. And yeah, one of the things that was interesting to me. Um, having seen this movie a couple times before, watching, I think it's probably the third or fourth time I've seen it, watching it this time, it really resonated with me that the, the camera moves constantly the entire time until the rape scene. Mm-hmm. And then in the rape scene, it just stops and it just stays still. And then there are moments after that that it stays still, stays yes. stationary. Yes. It calms down. Yes. Yes. And I think if you. On the subway. Right. And I think if you use that as kind of a reflection for how we're feeling, yes, it, there's a visual metaphor that's going on. Yeah, in that we are spiraling out of control. Right, right. Like literally, that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, the uh, revenge scene uh, with the fire extinguisher, the camera was ki- kinetic. Yeah. It was just j- all over the place. Yeah. Almost nauseating. Right? Yes. And I think- yes. And that was the intent. I right. Think, uh, you know, it, you mentioned before that there is a. Uh, you mentioned this to me before we started recording. There was a, I think it's like twenty-eight hertz uh, uh, sound that's added to this. Yeah. Uh, to the to the soundtrack in order to unsettle. It's kind of a noise, and I think some people said you can't even hear it. It's uh, unhearable, but it's there. It's supposed to make us nauseous. Yeah, it's supposed to make you nauseous. Whether that's true. I don't know. Maybe it is, but uh, well, you know, they it, say that that's um, oh, what's that, that that's the stuff that's going on the in in Cuba. Remember how a lot of the diplomats were getting sick, and they think that that's like this ultrasonic weapon that they've been using. Really? Have you heard about this? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll send you an article. Yeah, that, that I want to see. Hmm. Um, this this movie will stay with me, and I'm, I'm glad I saw it. But man, I've never. The acting. Never seen, the, Monica Bellucci is where, so fucking from? good. What else has she been in? Oh, she's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, she was. She's a known actress. Uh, I mean, she was in. She was in the Matrix movies. But I mean, she's been in. She was a, a Bond girl. She's been around for stuff. Uh, but she and so was he. Uh, Vince Gaville has been in a bunch of uh, French films and then made his way over into. I think he was in. One of the Bond movies too, actually. Now really? about it, yeah. But he's he's definitely been involved in a lot of uh, major productions. How could they shoot that? It was the underpack going under the road, and where she the rape scene, and it sure gave the illusion of being in one take, one long take. It had. to I be. think it was. It had to be, and we see her. The camera's on her, and she sees the rapist tormenting another woman, and then she intervenes, and then our rapist goes after her. And it's quite brutal, and she's thrown on the ground and, and fucked in. And how can the actress have, and how many times did they shoot that scene? 
Six, six times. Yeah. Six times. And she actually said that the the easiest one for her was the first one because she didn't know what was coming next. Right, right. And she said it got harder and harder each time because she would know what he was going to do. Um, but that the director felt the opposite. He said that the uh, the portrayal got more... They, they went further and further. And so by the second night... So assuming the take that they used was probably one of the second day takes. Mm-hmm. So if we think that they did three takes the first night and three takes the n- second night, then they used the second night stuff, I presume. I, I don't know exactly which take they used, but uh, the, he, the director was really happy with how far they went in the second take. I mean, it's the part where she, her hand is outstretched at the camera, and it really makes you feel like you're, you're right there, and she's reaching out to you for help. And you're powerless. You can't do anything. All you can do is just sit there and watch. I love the fact the camera was stationary because near the end of the rape sequence, he's a little bit out of frame. Mm-hmm. And they left it. Because if the camera has shifted so we can see, that would have reminded us we're seeing a movie. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That would have reminded us if we see the camera tilt a little bit so we can get in there too. And like a third of his face is out of frame. Yeah. And they let that go. They let that go. It was so raw. And I felt like I was there watching it happen. I mean, it's it's extremely powerful. The acting is just. I mean, you all of them. You feel like you are watching yeah. a rape, and it's not. I mean that that's a testament. And I, the other scenes too. Is is there a false note in no. the film? No, there's no, as far as the acting or anything in the storyline, there's no, there's no false note. There's no false note. Anyway, I'm, that's all. Yeah, that's that's really it. Just um, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray. Can't wait to see what you're going to do next year. Hey, uh, question. Is it (laughs) anti-wave? Well, yeah, I know. But do you want to first do money shots? I don't have any money shots. I forget this movie every time. I, uh, clearly, I know the two money shots. The money shot is... The whole movie is a money shot. Well, yeah, it is. But yeah. the money shot is definitely bashing the guy's head in with the fire right. extinguisher and yeah. then the rape scene. Right, right. And I'm with you on that. I jotted down four things. Number one, the, the fire extinguisher sequence at the end. Um, the revenge scene. Uh, the underpass, which is the rape scene. Um, there's that subway scene, which is just incredible Mm -hmm. because again we actually see them like in an elevator going down the elevator before they go into the and then they go on this and the the train the subway train is coming up and there's it's it's an amazing elaborate shot yeah because all the extras who were there waiting you know and it comes back then the camera gets locked in it's it's in position it's stationary and it's a beautiful shot with the two of them talking and we learn so much it's so textured and there's not one false note in that whole sequence no. and then the last one too is the last scene near the end of the movie which is the beginning of story where they're in bed together and again it's in one take and just seeing them being playful with an edge mm-hmm. which ties in which bookends which bookends and that whole sequence was um so well choreographed and acted and everything about it it was like you said not one false note those are some those are my money shots anti-wave let me let me also add <laughs> yeah. one other money shot the very last shot of the film 
I want to go. It's go, really go. pretty bizarre and beautiful. It's also very green, which yes. is unlike the rest of the movie. Yes. The whole movie is bathed in red. And I mean, there's the the club that they go to is called Rectum and it's all lit with red, red lights. Yes. All red. The the hallway where she gets raped is red. A lot of the party scene before, you know, they leave is red. Yes. The um this the scene so I guess it's a spoiler. Turns out she's pregnant. And when she finds out she's pregnant, she's sitting on a red couch lit by a red light. There's a lot of reds in this movie. And the very last shot is totally green. And it's her in a on a park. Yeah. And there's kids playing. Yeah. She's laying out Sprinklers. reading a book. Yeah. yeah. And the camera starts to spin and it kind of follows a sprinkler. It centers around yes. a sprinkler that yes. these kids are playing around at and it just spins and spins. It kind of gets off axis and just kind of floats up to the sky and just gets crazy. Yeah. Do you remember how we're introduced to that last scene? The camera, it's a little trippy. The camera's almost like upside down. Do you yeah. know? And then we realize, okay, and there she is with the kids playing with the sprinklers and the camera spins around with the sprinklers. It's so green and different in tone it works it's like you said that one false note in this whole film man is it anti-wave <laughs> how's it not all right i i really don't i mean first of all, let's let's start with the obvious it's in french that's funny i don't even have that on my list it's in french um i mean there's full-on nudity there's graphic sexual depictions I mean, there's people that are fisting themselves and begging to be. These are things that would never fly in a Hollywood yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of faggot stuff when we're in the club. Yeah. And anti, anti gay. Yeah. Yeah. Rhetoric. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, by the way, we didn't mention it is rated G. So if you want to take your kids to see this movie. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's Disney. In fact, Disney <laughs> wants to put. You know, Disney's little, irreversible. Yeah, it's a ride. <laughs> it's a ride in the Magic Kingdom. It's in Fantasyland. Come inside Rectum. Yeah, it's the Rectum Club. <laughs> and of course, the fact that the movie is told backwards. There's yeah. a, there's another anti-wave element, and it has to do with um with. Well, it doesn't have to do with rape. The movie's not about rape. It's but it's about an act it's, it's, that winds up pushing revenge and just. It's kind of how one act can, yeah, can yeah. spin, and I, I use that term because that's what the camera's doing most of the time, but can just spin everything, like one little thing. And I would even argue the pregnancy is an act that spun everything, right? It just, it, one, one thing can change and it just totally alters the course of your life. Did we need the pregnancy bit? I don't think so. I don't think. And You're I, reading my mind. I, it seems a little concept. It seemed like that's trying too hard yeah. to put a button. Yeah. And we didn't need the button. Yeah. The movie would have been perfect. Also, if there was no none of that, I'm pregnant. Stop. We didn't need that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it might have even been better if it was just alluded to and mm -hmm. like, was she pregnant? It was, was too obvious. Yeah, yeah, I know. We saw her expression when she took the test. Yeah. Home pregnancy test. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, I think um, it's not about a rape. It's a, it's not. It's about the 
I mean, it's a, about how a life could be upset by a violent act. But uh, I keep going back to that word helpless. Helpless. Yeah. That was the core theme for me. Yeah. How we can be, we're all helpless to what's going on around us now can but affect our lives. I guess, again, look how much we're talking about the film. Yeah. There's so many themes. Yes. And just we're trying to make our way through our thoughts about this film after having seen it. And it's it's really tough to do. It is. And I think it challenges the audience. And that's what's in, important. I don't think Hollywood films do that enough. Right. I think they could. I think there are Hollywood films that do, but they don't enough. And this, boy, this film does it. You know what's interesting? It was very hard for me to watch. It was for you. Yet I would watch it again. Yeah. I would watch this movie a second time. Is it anti-wave? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, let's, you, not, let's not mention, not forget the fact that we don't even see our female lead until a, a good, good 30 that's minutes good into, the, yeah. into the movie. You're right. And I would even argue that after we see her, she kind of becomes the main character. Right? Like, it's her. Whose story is it? Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'm usually good at this. Who's the protagonist? He is. Who's he? Which he? The boyfriend, the lover, the... Well, 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 well what, I don't even think? know let because he's not the one that commits the murder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the ex-boyfriend is, and he's the one that's begging the current. It's like they, it's like all three of their stories. You're they, right. As if they take turns. You're right. Whose turn is it? Yeah. To tell another the story? reason, Sandy way. Yeah. I mean, I think I might go so far as to give this a perfect ten. Would you really? Anti-wave. I mean, yeah. Why, why what's is it wave not? about? Why is it? What's wave about it? Um, it shot on film. Oh, on. <laughs> You're really stretching at that point. Uh, I mean, it's not even shot on 35. Yeah. So I would yeah. retort You're back. Right. You're right. Your typical Hollywood film. 10. We're giving it a full 10. One how of the how few, could you not? One of the few movies that we've discussed out of all 230 yeah. movies uh, that deserves a 10 on the anti-wave scale. I think there were a couple of others in the last were. few years. Yeah, I think the Amazing Jonathan documentary might have been mm. one that we... Yeah. I think we both agreed yeah. this is a, yeah. an anti-wave yeah. film. Yeah. But... Agreed. This is it. This is a good example. Thank you, buddy. Whew. Whoa. Who died this week? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some lighter <laughs> news. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, you yeah. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they didn't turn to dust. Uh, following people passed away in the last seven days. Those in the entertainment industry, including... This has nothing to do with film. Oh. Nothing. I'm squeezing it. Don Everly, the Everly Brothers. I just need to say that oh, to yeah. you. And you say, what does that have to do with movies? Absolutely nothing, but there was... What does that have to do with so, movies? Nothing. But Kathy's Clown. Don't want you, Kathy's Clown. And I was dating in 1967. Kathy, a clown? A clown. Oh, and I, oh. and I, I sang the song for her, Kathy's Clown. And I'm she, sure she was impressed. She gave me the same look that you're giving me right now. Shut the fuck up. Hey, we lost Marilyn Eastman, 87-year-old American actress. She was in Night of the Living Dead, the first, the black and white, so she's gone. Uh, Brick Bronski, 57-year-old American professional. Not Brick. Yeah, no one's ever. He's a professional wrestler. However, he was in a movie including The Quest. Now, we lost also uh, two, two Michaels. Actually, it's Michael. No, never mind. Matthew. Matthew Midler. You know about this Mindler. guy, Mid- Midler, Mindler. Yeah. And I never heard of him. And you sent me a text earlier saying, I hope you're including him. Nineteen. I didn't see Our Idiot Brother, but I just know. You I know mean, of it? Was it was in the news. It was a pretty big story. Uh, is it? Do we know how he died at, at 19? I don't know that they disclosed it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's foul play afoot. 
I'm not familiar with our idiot brother. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Okay. Um, I want to say too that we lost. Now here's the Michael. Michael Nader, and it was producer Joey who sent me a text please, saying, "Please make sure you include him." American actor, seventy-six year old, a lot of TV, Dynasty, All My Children, and so on. But he was also in. Listen to this. There's okay. a definite theme here. Beach Party, be, a Bikini Beach. He was in Beach Blanket Bingo and How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. And I read this on Wikipedia, and it had all of the parts he was playing. It was surfer guy, guy on beach, surfer guy, surfer guy, guy on beach. So that's, that's what funny. he did. So I thought I would share that with you. Someone who is not known for movies, but he was in films, including the Scorsese documentary, Shine a Light. A Shine a Light. Uh-huh. We lost the drummer, Charlie Watts of the uh, the Rolling Stones. I want to say that he was part of the original core yeah. group uh, starting in 1963. Is that something, Robert? 63 until his death in 221. Uh, one of the three core band Can members. Can you believe that Keith Richards I mean, That's what you sent me, that text. Charlie Watts. Who would have thought? Whose reality is that? I remember being in high school. <laughs> it looked like he was And deaf. people were like, Keith Richards is going to die any well, minute. That it, was yeah. a joke. Like, how is Keith Richards still alive? Oh, and that was 1994. Yeah, so worn and ragged and weary and drawn. And, and he just, outlives Charlie I Watts. I know, I know, I know. The I guy know. who always looked young and healthy and like the, the one guy who had his shit together from the Rolling Stones. I know. Unbelievable. I know, I know. Charlie was 80 years old. Uh, shifting gears of the coroner's corner, Silver Spotlight Award. Not Gene Hackman or Betty White or Dick Van Dyke or Mel Brooks or Pepe Le Pew. We lost Ed. Ed Asner. And, you know, even though we associate him with TV, and we certainly do, he still had a lot to do with movies. He's an American actor, voice artist. He was president of the Screen Actors Guild. I want to mention that. And he won more Tony Emmys, Emmys than anyone else. We know him for Lou Grant in the um, 70s and early 80s. Of course, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. In the Mary Tyler Moore show, there was one quick exchange where it's the opening episode where Mary Richards is is mm-hmm. applying for the position of being in the newsroom. And and she's like being kind of perky. And he says, sure, spunky, aren't you? And she goes, thank you. And he goes, I hate spunky. It was only Ed Asner could say that line uh-huh. where it just worked. It became a, it became a classic I've line. heard that he's kind of a dick. Oh, he was. Yeah. I was going to get to that point. Uh-huh. He was a, a dirty old man. He was a dick. He was difficult to work with. I want to tell you that I belong to these fan clubs in The Fugitive, and I want to tell you that he was belittling David Jansen saying he's not a great actor. And the people in the, he said that at a convention, a fugitive convention. He mm. said, eh, he was phoning it and he wasn't such a great actor. So he's becoming like a curmudgeon as yeah. he was getting older, you know? He was really into uh, the conspiracies. conspiracies. Oh my gosh. You did your work hey, on this guy. I'm prepared. The 9-11 I'm the, ba- com- I'm the backbone stuff? of this yeah. operation. But yes, he, he voiced that, the documentaries and so on, and believed that there was more at play that we uh, detonated the World Trade Towers ourselves. Look, I'm, I'm about as anti-government as it comes. Right, right. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to say he was a rich man, poor man. He won Emmys for all that stuff. And of course, Roots. And one more thing, mm-hmm. producer Joey pointed this out to me do you know how many times your daughter saw up how many i think what did, joey what was it i don't know I know it was 
multiple times, oh, yeah. multiple times. And of course, oh, I thought you had a number. I did originally. It was in some text that uh, producer Joey sent me. But Ed Asner, of course, was the voice of the old man mm-hmm. in Up. And um, so he's he's gone. Oh, you know, yes. Let me just say something yes. real quick about these conspiracy theories. I was thinking about this earlier. You know, there's all this push right now for groups like Facebook and Twitter to censor people who are mis like spreading covid misconceptions or whatever right under 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 the auspices of it being a public health crisis that is so wrong it's so wrong to do that because you are squashing a dissenting viewpoint it it's a horrible precedent to take and i was thinking what if we did that after september 11th what if we said Oh, you know, if you remember that movie that came out, the uh, the 9-11 com- uh, uh, movie, uh, what was it called? It was like, um, uh, there was a name for this big conspiracy movie that this um, this kid recorded. And it was all of these big conspiracies. And I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, he released it in probably like early YouTube days, 2005 or six or something like that. If we said, you can't do that, it's a matter of national safety. Right. We have to make sure that people don't think the government was trying to kill people because that could lead to people mistrusting the government and trying to murder people within the government or not taking safety precautions in areas where they might be prone to terrorist hits or something. We would never do that. You have the right to share the information that you want. And people have a responsibility to find out what's true and what's not. Right. Even if it's all of this COVID stuff is fake, it's not real, it's all just a government hoax. If that's what I want to say, I should have the right to say that. Yes. And this, I I hear you. This might be one of the few arenas where we do somewhat disagree. And I have this basic premise that social media, i.e. Facebook, is largely responsible for the blurring of the lines between fact and opinion. And that, I think, is one of the reasons that people were so much more uh, compliant to have the Salk vaccine, that nobody really balked at that, uh, or the Sabin uh, sugar cube, Mm -hmm. and the way it's going on right now. And I think that Facebook is a component where there's a voice to be heard, and I question how healthy that is for a society, the blurring of the line between facts and opinions. I know you disagree with my... The, the documentary was loose change. That's mm. what it was called. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do disagree with that. I, I mean, I think, you know, I got a, an email from Parler recently. You know, Parler was know. was kicked off, and it was a letter from the CEO, and it, the the letter the email was headed up. It said, "We are owed an apology," and it said the FBI did all of their research, and they couldn't find any credible instances of major plots for the January 6th riots to turn into an insurrection. This was not an insurrection. And all of these other companies, including um, Amazon, kicked us off our servers. And we didn't do anything wrong. We offered a place for people to speak their political viewpoints. They may not be popular, but they're different. And and anybody can say what they want on this platform. And he even said in, in the in the letter, he said, it is not okay to come to our platform and allow uh, terrorists to recruit or things like that. That's, we don't accept that. But to express your political viewpoint, absolutely that's allowed. 
And you think about that and it's like, well, wait a minute. Twitter does allow, Twitter has allowed ISIS to be on their, uh, on their, right. their feet. It's like they're, this whole freedom of speech stuff is we're playing fast and loose with that. And that is a dangerous game. An area where I, I embrace, I agree with what you're saying is it scares the shit out of me that Trump is censored yes. from tweet. That I like, what the fuck? Just as, as an American, not even as the president of the United States, yeah. but that someone is banned there that are, they put a gag over his mouth and he's not allowed to talk. Robert, that scares the fuck out of me. He's not the only one. He's just I know, the most prominent. I know. I know. So I'm with you. On, I am with you on that. Awful. I, 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 and I'm surprised there's not more of a public outcry. I'm surprised that people are so complacent with that. That's scary shit. It's like the documentary we saw a few years ago. Oh, God. Help me with the name of that. Uh, Dennis Prager. The documentary. Oh, no Safe Spaces. No Safe Spaces. Yeah about all ideas have the right to be heard in a free and marketplace, even obscene ones. Yes, I Even think so. obscene ones, even ideas that are just wrong. I'm putting the word wrong in quotation marks. All ideas have a right to be heard on, on a college campus. Well, and th- I mean, this all came out of what, you know, Ed Asner was saying about conspiracy theories. I totally disagree with his conspiracy theories, but However, I would he's never yeah. suggest that he shouldn't be allowed to express them right. or be allowed to see other people's expression of right, them. Right. Because by understanding that too, even if it's totally wrong, we can we can learn an eventual truth. Right. Right. Now of course the counter argument as far as with Trump is that it it could become incendiary. It could lead to violence. Why? I don't no, know. No, That's, no, my no, question, I, I don't have an answer. My question to, why. to That's that would be why is anyone's words why would they yeah. lead to violence? Right. Because in order it's like saying it's like saying gasoline will lead to fires. And I'm going, why? Why is gasoline leading to fires? Because there has to be an ignition point at some point. Match, yeah. right. what's, what's going right. on in our society right. that right. matches are being right. struck in right. the first place? Right. right. Just because I'm spilling gasoline doesn't mean that the house will burn down. There has to be some faulty wiring in the house to, for it to burn down or something intentional for, some, for the house to catch fire. So... What's the ignition point? Why is it that people are so frustrated with our government that Trump might say something that causes an insurrection? But we're not, we don't want to address that. We right. want to band aid right. it. We right. want to just, everybody shut up. Everybody be, be quiet. It's like, no, that, that's not what we should do to solve these issues. We should give more people a voice and allow more you know, people to be heard. Right. And of course, the counter argument that, well, you know, Twitter, it's, um, it's privately owned. It's not a public. You're, you're allowed to go into a park and on a soapbox with a megaphone and talk. But the fact that he was censored, gagged, not as, just as a person, but is scary as shit. If we're doing that, if we're playing by those rules, the Supreme Court's already ruled on this, right? If we're playing by those rules of it's a private company, then I should be able to, I shouldn't say I, a person should have a restaurant, no black people. It's a private business. Yeah. I don't want your black person in here. Right, I, I don't want a black person to stay in my hotel. Why? Well, it's a private business. I can do what I want. No, right. the Supreme Court's already ruled on this. It yeah, serves the public and any any reasonable person out of the public. And I think Twitter is an example of this. I agree. A yeah. reasonable person out of the public should expect to use their yeah. services, and thus they are beholden yeah. to treating everybody equally. And by the way, I've sure this, I discussed this with my parents years and years ago that if I own an apartment complex and I don't want to rent to someone. Just don't wanna. 
I just don't like you. Don't want to. I should have that right. I And I would argue, sure, okay, we can do that. And if we're going to go with Twitter having the right to kick off whomever they want, then we need to go back and reconsider some of the stuff that went down right, in the right. in the civil rights era. But I don't think people are going to be none too happy about that. Yeah. It's this inconsistency. Yeah. It'll at least be consistent here. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's not it's not right. So and, and I'm telling you too, you it's going to lead to some really bad things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It people think like, oh, it's it's fine. It, because it's it's your political enemy that it's happening to yeah. but you don't see that that's coming for you and it sets this awful precedent it, it's not good it's, it's it's not right you should allow allow people to say what they want to say right you you get rid of so much conflict right. that way right and, i mean you're gonna start seeing assassinations you're gonna start seeing this kind of i'm surprised we've gone as long as we have about too. more of that I am stuff too. i am too anyway yeah. I hope we don't. I hope we continue to, to go this way, but I'm really surprised. All right. You want to do some top five? Well, before that, wait, oh, wait, yeah, wait, right. wait Candle Corner, I got a birthday for you. How's that for a segue? Oh, nice transition, isn't it? Macaulay Am I on Cock- your list? <laughs> in the dead corner or the birthday? <laughs> you should be on for the birthday. You're right. Robert Cannon, it's his birthday. And along with Macaulay Culkin. He, he turned 41, he did. Happy birthday. <laughs> that was the worst horn blowing you thought. Is that it? Just Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. You want more? No, I'm just surprised. Yeah, well, remember I had too many at one time about oh, yeah. a year ago, okay. so I whittled it down, but I think I've gone the other extreme. Two, try- two or three <laughs> is your sweet spot, buddy. <laughs> All right. All right. Top five. You want to do it? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five revenge, revenge movies. movies. Can't believe we've never done that one before. Do we need to define? Ooh, or, no, there's no need to find, but... There's a lot of them. Yeah. You know, this is what one of our faithful listeners said. It seems to be a Western theme, cowboys. And I agree with that when yeah. he called me on the phone. He said a lot of Western movies. I've only got one Western, but I, do I can sit here all day long and put on A lot of there. Westerns. Yeah, yeah. I bet you have a lot of scoops also. I do. And yeah. do you think we'll overlap? I think there's one that we might. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Mm. And it's one word, isn't it? Mm-mm. No, never mind. Oh, oh then... There's another one that maybe we overlap then. Come on, we will. Right. I think you've got it on your list. Okay. Okay. You want you go first. I'm going to kick it off. Yeah. I want to say something to you. My number five normally would be a scoop, but I'm putting it on my list for emotional reasons mm. because I saw it with my good buddy, mm-hmm. Fred, and we went to see this movie in 1966. And I walked out of the theater. I said to him, This is interesting. A movie about getting even as a basis of a feature film and Nevada Smith. Hmm, Not you have you heard of Nevada I've Smith? Heard You've heard of, of it. it. Now, yeah, probably from you. It was uh, Steve McQueen, also Carl Malden was in it and uh, Suzanne Plachette, we like her was in it. Uh it's all about revenge and getting even where Steve McQueen is like a half-breed and his mother was Indian, father was white and they just slaughter the folks and he gets even with them. That's what the whole movie is. Um I want to say it was directed by Henry Hathaway. And you know Google him, because this guy, right up there with John Ford, right up there with John Ford, Hathaway directed Randolph Scott and John Wayne and Gary Cooper and did a lot of classic films, even starting with Black and White and so on, and he directed one of the segments in How the West Was One. At any rate, Henry Hathaway directed this. It was Nevada Smith with Steve McQueen, all about getting even, avenging the death of my parents. 
My number five is a Western. I feel like some movies, <clears throat> and we talked about it last week, I think. Uh, we were talking about how American America loves to build up a hero and then tear them down yes. and then rebuild them up. Yes. And I think I definitely have gone through that phase with one director in particular. Quentin Tarantino was a darling. And emotionally, I've kind of... The past few movies, I've kind of had to put the pump the brakes a little bit on Tarantino. But if I'm being honest, because I think people are just they're they're kind of all up over Tarantino's movies, and they've kind of they've suffered a little bit, I think, in the past few. Anyway, we have the same one, by the way. Do we? That's going to be my number two. Go ahead. Okay. Is it from 1994? No. Oh, mine either. Mine's from 2012. <laughs> Django Unchained. That was very funny. Yeah. I never saw that movie. You never saw Jingle No, Chain? I never saw it. Oh, that's not then that's not your number two? No. Oh. No. Oh, okay. My, it's another Tarantino uh, yeah. movie with two Kill words. Bill. Yeah. Okay. Um Did you do that? Well, I yeah, mean, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, okay. But Jingle Unchained is really pretty good. I mean, it's it is a, a revenge. I think I actually think it's miss Haste. I'd like if this was a TV show, it would be a lot better. And I'd heard that they were going to turn it into a TV show um, because it needed a little bit more time to develop certain aspects. Like uh, basically, he's a slave and he's going back to get the the slave owner who had him uh, killed his wife or whatever. But he it, the, or he's trying to get his. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, he learns to become a an assassin essentially. And I think we could have spent a little, a little bit more time with Jamie Foxx's character learning how to do that. It's a great movie though. Hmm. Django and Change. Maybe I should see it. Yeah. You'd it's, like it. It's with black people. Yeah, you'd still like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? What's your number oh, four? Oh, how could I leave? By the way, I'm going to jump around a little bit and I got to say it bothers the hell out of me that I wasn't able to put Death Wish on my list. It's is, on my. Is it on yours? Well, yeah. it is it, a, is it on your scoop, five? My scoops. Scoop, but which one? Because exactly. I know you like this remake. I actually like the Bruce Willis version. Yeah, I like the Charles Bronson one. Anyway, it's not on my list, but I did put down for my number four. I spit on your grave. Okay. Have you seen it? Yeah, of course. What a down and dirty, raw, in-your-face revenge movie. Yeah. Uh, I sp- By the way, Nevada Smith was 1966. I spit on your ga- grave is 1974. 19- 78. 78. Oh, okay. Where there's four men who gang rape the woman, mm-hmm. and the whole movie is just getting even. Yeah. Getting even. And it's, um, it's vile. It, the whole movie is just disturbing and... Not nearly as disturbing as our main movie that we talked about earlier, but that's my number four. I spit on your grave. You know, it's. I think one could even start to argue that almost every movie is a revenge movie. Almost. We, I was thinking about that. I mean, you could find revenge in almost everything. Yes, but there's also kind of you know it when you see it. I mean, there's there's revenge movies, and then there's revenge. These are overt. Movies. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we're playing by the same rules here. I agree. I mean, you're getting even with something. That should really be the kind, yeah. The motivating is Sleepless in Seattle a revenge movie? I mean, I, we could start to kind of play this game. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. we could try to find you it. You could find an element, probably. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a movie on your list from 1994? I don't. Mm-hmm. That's the one I thought we might overlap on. Really? Mm-hmm. 1994. One word title: Leon. 
I thought about that. The professional. Go ahead. So she's trying to get even it with the cops that killed her family. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, she learns to become a hitman and tries to take him out. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What a movie. It's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. 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 Right. Okay. I'm doing a yeah. scene from that. Yeah, okay, I, I want to make sure you knew that. All right. Stop saying okay, okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. My number three? Yeah. It's another Tarantino movie. Now, it's it's a double bill. Well, then that would be either Kill Bill or Death Proof. You're right. Movie? Part of the Grindhouse movies. There mm-hmm. were two movies. And the first one was... Uh, what was the first one? Rodriguez directed yeah, that. What's it called? Planet Terror. Terror. Yeah. Planet Terror. And I'm talking about the second movie called Death Proof. And by the way, the year of that Grindhouse double feature is 2007. Seven. You got 2007. Yeah. Tarantino, Kurt Russell as a stunt car driver. And the whole thing is just... Re- is that the one with the ma- girl with the machine gun without the leg? Yeah. I think that was the That's one with the leg. Planet yeah. Terror. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. I still got... Um, it's over the top. It's just... It's fun, though. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. And I thought, well, there you go. Yeah. Double... Uh, my double ability. And what I loved about it had, obviously, it had the spirit of the old Grindhouse movies with the scratchy print on the film mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, they, we had trailers for coming attractions, right? In the mm-hmm. in a double bill. And... Um, were there even commercials for candy yep. at the counter? No. So there you go. So I put down that um, Death Proof is my number three. My number three, I'm not sure if you've seen this one, but if you haven't, you would love. You would jizz your pants over this movie. 2006, The Prestige. Have you seen The Prestige? Yeah, but I get it confused with that other one. The Illusionist? Yeah, I can't separate them for the I life know, of me. Everybody does. But The Prestige is really good. Is that the one? <laughs> I think it might have been I a really movie. Can't if you separate them, it's a movie that if you if you watched it passively, you're not going to enjoy it. Right. If you watch it actively, you're going to love it. Uh, it's the one with David Bowie. Did do you remember this? Really, yeah. David Bowie? Yeah. Who else is in it? Uh, Hugh Jackman yeah. is the main. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And then I thought David Bowie was in it. Yeah. No. Did these two movies come out the same year? Yeah, it was just and they were both the period time. pieces about magic. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I mean, the prestige is about a guy who um, it's like competing magicians, and they get further and further intertwined. It's the same guy that did Inception. So, yeah, you'd like it. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if you haven't seen it already, I'm not sure. I might watch the other one. You probably I did. I can't separate them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. What do you got? Uh, for my number two. Yep. Well, you already guessed it. The other Tarantino movie being Kill, Kill Bill. Kill Bill Part yeah. Two. Yeah. Actually, no, I thought of yeah, part one. The year of Kill Bill is 2004. Three. Three. There you go with mm-hmm. your 2000 Tarantino. Uma Thurman as the bride, and the whole thing is about uh, uh, revenge. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting even, so it's, um, she's, it's, it's quite a movie. It's, you're not a fan of it, it's are okay. you? It's okay. It's not a, it's so stylized and over the top. It's over the top. It is over the top, but you either buy into it or you don't. And I bought into it. That's my number two. We're not going to... I don't think we're going to have a lot. We're not, you're not going to have the next two. How about that? What's your number two? My no, number two... two. Um, oh, you know what? I put the wrong year on there. I know this is the wrong year. Give me just a second okay. to pull up the correct year because I know this is the wrong year. Um, 
Oop, I just had it. 1984. Oh. What? Well, I'd be amazed if Mad Max isn't on your list. It's not on there. I don't, I don't think he's trying to get revenge in that. Well, in the yes, first one, is. he is. Yeah, that's totally is. what he is. First one, there is. Yes. But um, the second one is, is my favorite movie, and he's not trying to get revenge You're right. there. You're right. Okay. 1984. I'm going to go out. I'm going to say it because I know everyone else is going to try to poo-poo it. Wait. I want. Let's do that. Sometimes I like doing the guessing game okay. with you. Year again, please, is? 1984. Uh, please tell me the director or give me like a real brief phrase. Don't synopsis. know the director. I don't know the director. You really don't? Uh, I can't remember. Mm. I, yeah. I knew at one point. Give me a hint. It's uh, not a directorial. I understand. It's not that kind Who's of movie. Star? Who's the star? No, I can't give you that. You can't, that would give it away? Yeah. Would that really give it away? Yeah. Well, give me something here. Comedy. Huh. It's a revenge movie. It's one of those Danny DeVito, Bette Midler things. Well, good no. guess. It's a revenge movie. No. Oh, I think you're giving me a hint. I think I am. I'm on it. I'm on it. Revenge in the title. I'm going to say Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. I yeah, love I this movie, I man. Too. I did too. It's you know, really I watched fun. it last yeah, I know. week. Yeah. And, and I loved it as a kid. I yeah. go back and watch it and think it's funny. Yeah. I get that it's um, you know there's a rape in it that oh, at so the time – I mean, but nothing like the rape we saw. We're pros at watching rape scenes now. Um, Besides, women love to be raped. Apparently, <laughs> but I, you know, I would even argue, even by today's lens, if you're getting revenge on them, you really got a revenge. You even raped their women. That's uh, really good. So they yeah. they do all sorts of stuff in that movie to get revenge. You don't have that as a scoop, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that, that's a good movie. That's yeah. on my list. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what yeah, do you got? One of the Carradines was in that. I get him confused. Robert Carradine? Yeah, one of them. My number one, I'm surprised it's not on your list. You turned me on to this movie about Uh a year, year and a half ago. One word title. It's got my favorite actor of all time. Taken. Jake. Oh. No. Revenge? Well, that kind of. Kind of stretching. We're talking Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Prisoners? It is. Revenge is certainly a major part of the film. Hugh Jackman. Let's not forget that he was also in it. I tend to associate it with Jake because he's my favorite actor of all time. <laughs> Apparently. Watch Ira's arc in these podcasts. Um, 2006. Oh, no. Is it later than that? Yeah. Nine? No, later. Really? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. 14? 13. Wow, I didn't realize it was that late. Yeah, yeah. What a movie. It's Everything great. about that film. They're both at the top of the game. The By the way, you know who shot it. I always read uh, Deacons. Oh, was it Deacons? Yeah, of course oh, That's it was. right. Yeah. I, when I watched it, I think I, I called you up right after I finished. I couldn't stop watching. Yes. I was like, what is going to happen? Yes. Do you remember the night I was watching? I was sending you texts every yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's it unfolding. It's, oh, my gosh. What's what what's going to happen yeah. next? What's yeah. gonna, you have yeah. no idea yeah. how this is going to play out. It's really a. What's that director's name with a V? His last name, like Villanhavada. It's a foreign. Yeah, it's yeah. Villanhavada. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. George Villanhavada. Yeah, that's his name. We call him Jaime for short. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Thank you, buddy. My number one is a movie I don't think you've seen. Really? I know I've talked about it, but I I'm pretty positive you haven't seen it. 2013, a movie called Blue Ruin. And it's a. I think I told you about it. It's about a guy who, it starts out, a guy gets out of prison and he comes home to a family and they're at this restaurant and the family owns the restaurant and he's been in prison for murder and there's a homeless guy in the, the bathroom and the homeless guy murders this guy that just got out of prison. Turns out the homeless guy was the brother of the man 
who had been murdered. And he basically has spent the past several years plotting this way to, to kill this guy. And it now becomes this chase movie, but he's trying to kill the family and like punish this whole horrible family for all the things that they've done um, to his, he's like fucked up his whole family and everything. And it becomes this cat and mouse, but it's also a revenge movie. It's really, really good. Wow. What's it called again? Blue Ruin. And the year of that movie? 2013. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a independent film, but it, it, it works. It's again, very realistic and it's, it's a cool little independent film. Nice. Scoops. A lot of them, huh? Yeah. What about, what about, was it Mandy? Was that the Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, God, you're right. That was all revenge. Oh, man. I went to a theater by myself to see that movie. <laughs> you were able to watch it on TV, I think. You saw it streaming. But yeah. I, I watched it in a theater. What, what a movie that was. You're right. You're right. Uh, some others you have? Death to Smoochie. Do you I, remember that movie? I remember it. That's I've never like, seen it. I can't remember all the details, and I felt like it's unfair to put it on here, but I remember really, really liking yeah. it. And now I want to go back and watch it because it's been a little while. But uh, Beastmaster, Death Wish, Four Brothers, that was a Mark Wahlberg movie that was mm-hmm. really good. What do you got? I have a lot. No, even Nobody. Mm-hmm. The, remember? Yeah. We did that recently. Revenge of the Nerds. I have Straw Dogs. Oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, Straw Dogs. Uh, I was wondering, is Falling Down... You can so make this is that where we're argument. starting to stretch. That's where it's gray area. Yeah, yeah. Falling down is a gray area. Uh, Joker, yeah. which we saw a yeah. couple years ago. John Wick, you killed yeah. my dog. Yeah, you sure. killed my killed my puppy. What the fuck? <laughs> crazy. I know. I know. It is crazy. Um, I have uh, Man on Fire. Yeah. I saw that in theater. That's, That's good. certainly. I have Leon. Uh, the Sting. The mm-hmm. Sting was certainly um, a revenge movie. Death Wish. And Mad Max, nine to five, the Dolly Parton thing. That was getting even with the, oh, boss. the boss. That That's was right. getting even with the boss. That yeah. was, I was thinking about that for my top five. For, for a minute, I thought you were talking about Straight Talk, the, where she goes on the radio show. I was like, wait, where oh, is she getting no, revenge no there? there. No, no, no. Nine to five, uh, Gladiator. And uh, I think even Memento could be. Yeah, I would say so. Revenge. That's a revenge movie. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. Hey, man. Woo! Good job. We did it. Hey, uh, if what? people have ideas for revenge movies, what should they, do? they should reach out to us. I think we said every one that was every, ever made. I, no one's going to reach out to us because yeah. we have effectively said all revenge well, movies. Well, those three Ethiopians. You think there's Ethiopian movies we haven't mentioned? <laughs> I mentioned Death to Smoochie. That was an Ethiopian movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. I think... I think, didn't Danny DeVito direct Death to Smoochie? Please maybe, find out. Or maybe it was Bobcat Goldthwait. I can't remember. Mm. It, was, it was somebody crazy like that. It was right. an actor. Because um, yeah. if so, I'd lo- I hope Danny did direct it. We can add that to his roster of these really cool movies he had directed. I, I know Robin Williams was in it. Yeah, Danny DeVito directed it. Really? Yeah. So see, there's another one. Yeah. We, we can add that to Throw Mama from the Train mm-hmm. and, of course, War of the Roses. He's great, You know, man. I want to tell you one thing. Because I was thinking about that chandelier sequence goes on for like 15 minutes. Are you aware of that? Yeah. It's not a quick thing. They spend a lot of time Fine. on that chandelier. It's 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 awesome. It is. Anyway, they can reach out to us through, oh, yeah, uh, I forgot. What through our email. How? Where? <laughs> Wait, where? Robert at antiwaypodcast.com. Mm, or, and slash or Ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like Monica Bellucci's ass cheeks, we are spread all over the place. You said that. <laughs> I just... 
Did that just come to you right now, or did you plan that a little bit? I planned that one. That's, I think you just outdid yourself. Thank you. I, wait, I, I have to process. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go from here. You're, you, I, I'm with you on almost everything, but you you actually, i got to go home. I'm just saying this movie. I fuck you for saying that. I love it. There's something so wrong about what you just said. What? What's wrong Nothing about it? It works for me. And what an ass yeah. she's got. Oh, yeah. A Google Music. Uh, I don't know. I'm all disheveled here. But pod, go to Google Podcast Music. Go to iTunes. Go to, go to our website. Go to iHeartRadio and write us a review. Yeah. Don't not, Maybe don't write a review based on... on... I can't believe this. <laughs> What? Ass Spread like Monica Bellucci's ass cheeks. There you go. Uh, throw us a few bucks over at Patreon and help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, <laughs> next week, yes. we're off. Well, Take a little break. You're going to miss me. Mm-hmm. You are, won't you? Come on, won't you? Won't you? Won't you? I'll have the comfort of Irreversible. So I'll, I'll just keep watching that Yo, and think of you. Irreversible. Yeah. And the loop over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what movie we're going to have when we come back. We'll find out. So we're going to go old. Remember how old school we didn't uh, announce what movie? That's right. You just had to tune in yeah. to find out. Yeah. We wing it. Yeah. We'll figure that yeah. out. So we we're going to go without a net. We're going to decide either. next week and we'll no. figure that out. We're like rebels. Yeah. But you know what we should do? What's that? Let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Yes. Joey, thank you. Good job producing this show. Um, I think that's it. I think we did it. What do you want to do now? Well, I wanted to show you an underpass. Uh, they scare me downtown. Uh, just come with me. They really frighten me. Going under an avenue or a boulevard yeah. in that long tunnel that goes under the street, and it's dimly lit, and anyone yeah. could be down there There's waiting for you. There's one in particular that I want to take you to, and uh, let's go on down there. Come on, buddy. Well, do you, are you do you have anything nefarious? Is that the word? Nefarious. Oh, nefarious. Are, are you going to like? Dare you, are you going to like rape me in the ass? So until like next time, keep watching movies. Minutes. Oh my God! And we'll help you sort them out. Shut the fuck up.